This is Channel Attitude. Your voice. Your right. Your freedom. That is us. All of that stuff accurately describes us. Welcome, everyone. Smoke out with Shelly and SJ. I'm, of course, SJ, Stoner Jesus. You find all information on us, our website links, all that stuff, our social media links for the show, Shelly, SJ Smokeout.com, including the link to subscribe exclusively on channelattitude.com for less than a dollar a week. This is episode 52 slash 9, our 52nd episode overall, our ninth episode, exclusively on channelattitude.com. You can see it all scrolling there, all the pertinent information. I'll be scrolling the whole show just in case you miss it. Goes by about five thousand times, <laughs> just so you know exactly what is going on. Welcome everyone. Uh, it's an interactive show, of course. If you're a subscriber, I send you links. You can join us on the show. You can be in the chat room. You can be on audio. You can be on video. Participate in the show. Ask questions. Chill with us. Participate in whatever we're, we happen to be doing. If it's like a theme show, or we're watching something, or if we're eating something, or whatever we're doing, you can be a part of it just by subscribing at the aforementioned channelattitude.com. Shelly, how are you doing with your uh, your new equipment? You're moving up in the world, audioly. How are things going? Well, this is the first time I'm using it, so hopefully it goes okay. <laughs> awesome. Uh, we have a couple things we're going to talk about. Of course, the giveaway. Don't forget the giveaway. It's pinned on our Twitter. The awesome ball from Nextbardo, nextbardo.com, an awesome sponsor of my show, the Stoner Jesus Show, for a very long time, probably four or five years now at this point. Giving away an awesome bong. You can win just by being a subscriber. That's all it takes. If you're an active subscriber on August 25th, two weeks from tonight as we record this, you can win the awesomeness and be awesome. And then you can come on the show with us and you can smoke out of the bong on the show with us. It's a whole synergy, full circle type thing. Also on our Twitter, so I will uh, bring it up now, the poll. Let me refresh the poll to see if there's any new voters. Shelly had the idea of talking about the um, the preferences between morning sex and night sex. So I said, hey, this is an interactive show. So what I'm going to do is post the poll on our Twitter at Shelly SJ Smoke and see what people think. Um, right now, it's about 18 hours left in the voting. About 55% say night sex. 45%, almost 45% say morning sex. So uh, what prompted this, uh, this, this, this question, Shelly? Well, first of all, I'd like to point out that I am wearing my sexy schoolgirl outfit today. Trying yeah. to get those views. <laughs> so here we go. It's a little under boob action. Mine is in the wash. So, no. <laughs> so um, here's the thing. You know, I've been with... Metal Jesus, not to be confused with Stoner Jesus. I have lots of Jesuses in my life. Right. You know, um, I have been with him for six and a half years, and our I realized in the last oh, I'd say th three, two, three years, my attitude towards when to have sex has changed. Now. Of course, when we first got together, I hadn't been with anyone for three years. So it was sexorama. I was like, yes, <laughs> I've had sex for three years. Let's do this. It was awesome. Um, but, you know, then you kind of get into routines. And, you know, for me, or for actually for Metal Jesus, it works out because 
a lot of times during the week, I'm in little tiny outfits like this, shooting content for my sites and stuff like that. So I always feel like if I'm over here being sexy for my fans, he can't be left out. So, you know, we, I make sure to include him after I'm done shooting, whatever. But something I've noticed is because we're in a committed relationship, you know, um, <laughs> not to be too graphic, but I guess there's only one way I could say it. You know, he doesn't pull out. <laughs> so I've learned in the last few years, I prefer to have morning sex versus night sex. Because when I go to sleep, sometimes there's drainage that still happens. And sometimes I'll leave like the toilet paper there to like kind of catch it all. But then it started to irritate my vag and I would like wake up and every single time after a while, I would wake up the next morning. My vag would be irritated from just having toilet paper stuff down there <laughs> for like to catch it all. Because when you're asleep and you're just finished, you know, I don't know. You had a good time. You just go to sleep. <laughs> so I, and I'm an early riser. So maybe that has something to do with it as well. But for me, I find it more beneficial to have sex in the morning now because I do wake up before him. So I'll go make the coffee, take mini out to go pee, whatever. And then right before his alarm goes off, I'll just kind of climb back up into bed we do our thing. He gets to take a shower. He goes off to work. And then, you know, shortly after all that, I take a shower and I don't have to worry about my vag being irritated. So when I noticed this has become the new pattern for the last few years, I thought, I wonder what other people prefer. Are there other people out there that maybe they have to get up early in the morning to go to work or whatever? So they prefer morning sex. Or is it that people just always prefer to have sex at nighttime? Because that's like, I kind of feel when we've been conditioned, like, you know, it's the night, yeah. the end of the day, a little release. And then here's the other thing. I mean, I'm not a guy, so I don't know. But from what I understand... Guys wake up nine times out of 10 with a hard on in the morning. So you need a release. So I feel that also it's a good way to give him his release in the morning and have a really good day because now that release is gone. Well, as you can see, 55% uh, so far say night sex. You can also see I voted in the poll. I voted for night sex as well. But those are reasons... Uh, particular to me, one is that in the morning is when my stomach's the worst. Between, say, 5 and 7 right in the morning, it's just fucking destroyed. I mean, there's no other way to put it. And it's been like that since I was 11 years old, and I started having panic attacks before going to school, and I was spending all day in the bathroom, and so mornings are horrible for me. Um, most of the time, still to this day, I'm 42 years old, so it's not as often as it was. I guess that's the way it is for guys. I don't know. Waking up with morning wood, uh, it still happens most mornings for me, but combined with, ah! oh crap, <laughs> scared the shit out of me, combined with <clears throat> my stomach, it's not, like the morning, the wood doesn't come from a sexual place, because I just woke up, and I feel like shit, <clears throat> but it's still there, so it's kind of like a biological, just thing that happens. And it doesn't make me say to myself, hey, I want to have sex right now because I'm just not in the mood. 
So I'm definitely a night sex person. It does suck after I'm, when I'm done. I still got to like to get up to the bed, go to the bathroom, clean up all that shit. But I know if I don't, I have all kinds of problems. So I have to do what I need to do, even though I'm very tired. And sometimes it's very late. But, you know, you do what you can, especially with kids around. And uh, you got to, you know, you got to get it in when you can get it in, as they say. So I, I pick night. So far, slightly more people say night. I'm glad no dumbass said, hey, what about afternoon? Look, it's two choices. One part about afternoon, get your own show. It's morning or night for these choices. So, um, yeah, it looks like slightly more people, at least who follow us, uh, say night. And like you said, some of them may have to be with the way we've been conditioned to, you know, it's a naughty thing. We should do it in the dark. You're not, you do it in the day. It's like a weird thing. You should be, I don't know, at work or whatever the fuck you're supposed to be doing. Um, but I don't know. I say for me, the reason is this. I mean, hell, I would love morning sex, but my stomach is just so, so effed up. Unless I smoke, and then if it's still morning, well, then hey. But yeah, sometimes I wonder. I mean, I haven't asked him like if it bothers him, like when I wake him up or whatever. But then I kind of feel like guys are guys. Like I don't know. It's like okay, if she's over there messing with me, great. And what's interesting is. When we first got together, and I tell Metal Jesus, I wish it would, things were the same. But I guess, again, maybe it's because we're getting older, whatever. That I, He said that, actually. He's like, it's just different for him now that he's getting older. But yep. he would wake up, like, at 5 o'clock in the morning, when we first, the first, like, year or two we got together. And he his alarm wouldn't be set until, like, 6.30, sometimes 7. Um and he would wake up, I would wake up to him messing with me. And I like that because I was like, yes, like, let's do this. And sometimes I go back to sleep. Sometimes I'd stay up because I like to get up between five. I used to like to get up at five, five thirty. I used to love getting up at four thirty. I know that's really, really early, but to me, it's like, I'm the only one up. I feel like I get a lot accomplished when I was getting up at four thirty. But um, with my health issues and things like that that I've been dealing with, it just hasn't been happening. So I usually wake up between 5.30 and 6.30, depending on the day, how bad I feel when I wake up. So I miss the days of him surprising me at that time. And that's why sometimes I wonder if it bothers him when I wake him up because he never wakes up and does that anymore. It's always just me. And that's again, because I wake up early and I don't know, he has an intense job and he has to argue with people a lot. So <laughs> I just feel he comes home in a better mood when it's been a day where he started the morning off having sex with me. More than likely. If I were a betting man, that's what I would bet on. I would bet on that. He doesn't mind it. I don't know him, never met him, couldn't pick him out of a lineup, know nothing about him beyond what you said on the show, but if I had to bet money, I would say, yeah. He would say, we're good to go. But yeah, when you get older, especially when you pass 40, I know I've noticed a lot of, you know, and they have their stupid commercials about this testosterone shit and Frank Thomas and all that stuff about your low T after 40, <clears throat> but it's true. Once you hit that slope, man, it's it's downhill. I mean, I look at... I just watched videos of myself on the sh on my show like four or five years ago. All of this is brown. 
even most of this down here is brown. I look like I've aged 15 years in the last few years. It's just that it's like hitting that 40. I don't know. I'm 42, but I don't look 42. Nobody, if you ask 100 people on the street how old I am, 90 of them are going to say higher than 42 and probably way higher than 42. And I, and I just, I, I'm tired all the time. And when I wake up, I'm tired. I'm yawning at one o'clock in the afternoon. I'm yawning at 10 o'clock at night. It doesn't matter. I'm just tired. I'm tired right now. But it's just a thing that I'm so used to. I just do it all day. And I don't know. I know I should eat better. I mean, I take vitamins and all that crap. But still, I mean, it's just, it's shit. It sucks getting old. And when you pass 40, well, it's, it seems to suck even worse. That's what it's my experience. Honestly, a diet does have a lot to do with it. With me having my health issues like going on, they really started in a bad, bad way. I mean, I'm like you, since I was a little girl, I've always had GI tract issues and things like that. And that became my normal. Like to me, it was normal. Oh yeah, that's just how it is. But since last September, um, you know, that's when it really started for me. So almost for a year now and things got really, really tough for me about four months ago. And I really changed up my diet and I'm telling you like a lot of things that my whole life have been an issue and they just got worse in this last like year. A lot of it's been like way more manageable. It trips me out to be honest with you. Like I thought, I thought like I would forever just be miserable. Like you get like a, like a callus for being <laughs> miserable all the time and it's draining, you know, and since I specifically for this last about three weeks now, I've have a whole new routine that I have as far as my workouts. And it's crazy because before my workouts were really kind of gnarly. Like I would do a lot of cardio and um, now I have this trainer that I'm working with. And like some days my cardio is only 20 minutes and, but like, I feel better. I was like, I was trying so hard to like overcompensate for not being in wrestling anymore. Cause I was just like, Oh, that's probably why I got fat because I'm not burning all these calories from training and doing actual matches. So the way I try to fix it was I'll just do a crap little cardio. Like I would do cardio sometimes twice a day, like crazy, but it was making me worse. I was like breaking my body down even more. So now that I'm eating way better, and still having foods I love, by the way. Like, it's not like I deprive myself, but um, it's been really tripping me out. Even like my back pain that I've always had, it's like not the way it was before. So I don't know. That's just my two cents. I just want you to be better. <laughs> I should do better in a lot of areas. I take better care of myself. I'm always doing something. Like I said, I'm always tired. So any extra effort. In any other area, just seems like too much. I say to myself, you know what? You're giving 100%. That's all you can give. And, uh, you know, we'll go to the wheels fall off, as they say. It's the plan. <laughs> and you got Mary Jane, so that's always good. That's right. I got my medicated water right now. If it wasn't for weed, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to eat. I mean, if, if you know, a long time without weed is means a long time without eating. And that just, whatever energy I do have just goes by the wayside. Man, so. medicating 
it's a beautiful thing, man. It's just a beautiful thing. <laughs> it, it has just helped my life so freaking much. Um, yeah. So we based the whole show on it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not just because we're just like, oh, hey, blah, blah, blah. that's the thing. I think people that maybe aren't into cannabis culture or oh, at least open to it and like understand it. They look at people like us that have a whole show surrounding it. Like we just want to get high all the time and just be stupid. And it's like, dude, that's so not the case. Like we have fun, but it's like, it's so much more. And that's, I feel one of the biggest misconceptions with the haters of cannabis out there is they just think it's like, Oh, you know, you're going to be lazy. You don't want to do anything. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, there's been times where like straight up medicating to me has felt like I just got a B12 shot when I felt really bad, like really, really like, like having my GI tract issues, being exhausted. And then you have a good session. And then all of a sudden I'd be like, and sometimes I wouldn't even have to do a whole bunch, just like just enough to get me there. And then like things going or like when I'm um, editing or whatever, if I've got like a really good session and then I start editing, like I can get lost for hours and be totally productive. I just think those haters out there, they just don't understand and they never will. It's sad. That's right. Fuck haters. <laughs> um, of course, we talk about Instagram a lot. We get a lot of messages on Instagram or show Instagram, which is Shelly SJ Smokeout. As you can see, scrolling along the bottom, uh, an update on the guy who uh, last we heard from him, his last message was, love to have sex with you, baby. <laughs> which I assume is directed at Shelly. I mean, I'm not. I don't think I'm too far out of the park on that one. So anyway, um, you posted a picture. Uh, the trying my best not to allow depression uh, picture. And his response was to like that and say, dad hot. You're, you're not trying not to allow... Depression to take a hold of the picture was that hot. So thank you, dude. This guy, I'm just going to say his name because he's been an asshole. Eddie1998. On August 5th, he said, hey. And then Monday, he said, hey. And then the next Monday, he said, hey. And then later that day, he said, you doggy me. I'm not quite... I, mean, I can guess what that means, but I'm not quite sure what it means. Then the following Monday, he must, you know... He's free on Mondays, I guess. He said, talk to me. And they said, all right, I'm going to block you. And then Tuesday, a rare Tuesday message, he said, stop, fuck, doggy, or I am going to block you. And then yesterday at 1.05 a.m., <clears throat> he said, talk to me. <laughs> so that's, that's our the last week or so from Eddie, 1998. So thank you, Eddie, for your... Uh, you're following and not blocking this shit on Instagram. You know, and kind of going on that same vibe of weird posts. Okay, so a few weeks back, I was really having a hard time. I was supposed to go to this concert, and I was really excited about it when I got the tickets because it was this band called Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Mm -hmm. And they're a great band. Um, I'd never seen them live. I was so excited. If you guys have ever seen the movie Swingers, they're in there performing live. So when the day came for the show, the last thing I wanted to do was leave the house. Like I was so 
effed in my head. Like I was just going through it. It was one of those things where like, I don't know if you can relate to this, but when you're really going through it and like, let's say you're getting ready for to go somewhere and like something drops and you get so mad, like yeah. just like, Oh, and it's like, it just dropped, like pick it up. But like, because you're so in your head, it's like, Oh my God. So it was like that. I was just so not having it. And it's so dumb because the place I went to go see them was literally like, not even 10 minutes from my house. So it's like close to home, no problem. And that's when I post this selfie on my Instagram with a very forced grin, not even a smile. And the reason why I post it was because I want people to know that there's like that other side of me and to see it in its raw time because it's important to know that people who maybe you're a fan of aren't always sunshines, rainbows, lollipops, like it's life and that other people can relate or whatever. So there we go. Oh God. I was miserable in that photo. My boobs look great, but I was miserable in that photo. I had hot. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's like, Like, I don't understand why there's multiple people that make comments like that when it's like, you clearly didn't read what I post. You're probably just looking at my boobs. I look so miserable in this photo, in my opinion, based off of the other photos that I post. It's just so freaking weird to me. Like, even freaking Santino Morello, so lovely. I was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, he's the homie. Shout out. But I was just like, lovely. What's lovely about this photo? But all right. My dress and my flower, my my boobs look fine. But I look pissed or like I'm going to cry. I don't know. It's not it's not a good picture. And I even toyed with taking it down because I hate it so much. But I was like, no. I need to leave it up there because I'm trying to make a point with it. And that point is, is to allow other people to know that if they ever feel that way, they're not alone, especially because I do have a decent following. So it's like when people see people that are, like I said, a fan of showing that kind of vulnerability, it helps them feel like it's okay. Like versus if somebody told them, oh, it's all right to feel that way or whatever. But it's like, and then one person was like, don't worry. There'll be other concerts. It's like, no, <laughs> I should force myself to go. And I'm glad I did. Like I went, I had a good time. Um, I felt better when I got home, it worked out, but it's like, that's not the first time that's happened. And it's annoying because it's like, I like, this isn't the time to tell me I'm hot people. Like that's not what I'm trying to do here. It's just, I don't get it. <laughs> I just don't get it. Yeah, it's automatic response from a lot of guys, especially. I mean, like the first three words are like boobs. <laughs> Let me see what I can say. It's trying to get her attention. How hot she is. Um, <clears throat> speaking of Instagram, I sent Shelly a video that I came across in my feed. Now, the first comment in this video says it's fake and they rent the car and all that shit. Even if it was pre planned and pre produced and it's just a skit or whatever, it's still pretty damn funny. Whoops. There we go. It's from uh, Barstool Sports. There are 19,000 likes. 
But uh, first thing I thought of, obviously, was Shelly. Now my mom a brand new Mercedes bike uploading her feet pics on Feet Finder. Just put it on. Keep coming. All right, stop. All right, take your blindfold off. I got you a brand new Mercedes. Oh my, you're joking. No, this is for you, Ma. Sarah. How did you buy me a Mercedes? I got you a brand new Mercedes. How? I've been uploading your feet online on Feet Finder, and I got enough money to get a Mercedes for you. You uploaded my feet and bought a Mercedes? For you! It's for, for you! It's for you! Sarah! Well, I don't upload my feet! I work for a living! Well, you got a Mercedes out of it. For my feet? Yeah! I've been uploading your pictures for months. Oh my word, what is this world coming to? Feet now by Mercedes? Yeah, enjoy it. I love you. Have fun. Got my mama. So, there you go. Like I said, probably fake or, you know, scripted or whatever. Whatever you want to call it. But still, it's pretty damn funny. Did you uh did you try Feet Finder, Shelly? I did. I did a while back. Nothing. And here's the thing. If it is fake, the mom is a really good actress because I believed it. Like her reaction's pretty priceless. Is what like makes you think it's fake where she's like she's talking and the girl's supposed to say her next line, like how she got the Mercedes, but she repeats the line, I got you a brand new Mercedes after the mom asked her how she did it. So it seems like she was a little off with the script or whatever, but you know, still. Well done, but you didn't do well on Feet Finder, wasn't? You didn't get Not one sale. Not one sale. And here's the thing. Let's just say, for argument's sake, this was fake. Mm. People have been making what is fact enough money off of their feet to actually do something like this. That's why, if it is a skit or a bit or whatever. That's why they did it because like the ma like Ma says, what is this world coming to that you can buy a Mercedes for your feet? And it's true. It's so true. And again, like if let's say it was real, does that mean that the daughter, Sarah, the Sarah not only just upload her feet, but then had to have conversations that were, degrading these guys which is what these guys want it's like i don't know like i go I, I get so i don't even know what the right word is like i kind of get jealous of these fetish girls because they're making their money mm -hmm. and i tried and it was so difficult and Maybe again, it's because I wasn't willing to do the degrading of the guys or flirt or whatever. But I just don't understand why it didn't work for me. Like, not even just a little bit. <laughs> that has to be part of it, is the <clears throat> they want the follow up to just the feet. I don't know. I mean, we need is to find like who's the most famous foot federal model, who's the most successful foot model in the world, and then see if we can get her on the show. 
I've looked that up before and there was a girl that popped up. She made it seem easy. Like I said, like, but then again, it's like, not everybody says everything just like something that kind of has been bugging me today. Once again, I've talked about it multiple times is how, like, especially with the world we live in of the only fans world, it's like all these girls that I used to follow on YouTube who made me feel like, and this is not a knock to the fetish models, but fetish modeling for me, for the most part, doesn't make me, it messes with my mental health. It doesn't make me feel good at the end of the day. Like it gets to me. So watching these different girls, there's like a handful of them they on youtube they made me feel like i didn't have to do that that mm -hmm. i could continue to build my youtube channel and make money on youtube just showcasing my life or talking about things i love whatever and some of them as i mentioned before on our show were very against custom content and fetish modeling and now they put out content on their twitter saying watch me shave my vag but use another word that i like watch me shave it and like you know all this and that like total adult 18 plus kind of talk and then while they're like pushing all that on their twitters and on their instagrams i wasn't seeing them post as much on youtube so i just feel like I kind of did things backwards because before I even was in wrestling, I dabbled in fetish back then. Like I had done some bondage modeling when I was super, super young and it was more discreet then because the internet wasn't what it is today. And so that's what I liked about it. But then, like I said, it, it just made me feel dark. So I wasn't able to like, I didn't want to, I kind of didn't do it anymore. Some of it still haunts me every now and then. And when I got into wrestling, I remember WWE, they were like, you can't be doing content like this. And I was like, wow, I haven't shot like that in a long time. So it's like people were able to still find it. But um, so it's like, I kind of went backwards. I, I started in this fetish realm and then went mainstream, then got pissed off at the mainstream and then did my own thing. But then I saw that these fetish girls were making money. So I was like, oh, well, I did that before I'll do it again. And like, I didn't do so good at it again. And it just kind of was like, I don't understand why a lot of these things I attempt to do online just don't work. Like they just don't work. And a lot of these girls that are making a lot of money look very average or not mainstream model looks, mm -hmm. which is fine. Like I'm, that's totally fine. But it's just like, I feel like I have, especially because my wrestling background and characters, like something like my own separate thing to offer but like it just doesn't translate in like i don't know and that's why like i said before i just stick to the lingerie now and that's what works for me so that's what i am focusing on 
but it's just so crazy. Like even with the cannabis world, I try to be like, okay, well, everyone knows I love cannabis. So let me make a lot of content like that. And it's like a lot of the people that pay the most to see my stuff or my loyal fans, they really don't care. It's like, we don't care if you're smoking or if you're not smoking, like just look hot. So it's like, and it's hard to do cannabis stuff, like blowing smoke at the right moment or letting the bong have enough smoke while you it's, it's hard like it, it the timing of it is very difficult and <laughs> it's a lot so it's just crazy to me and then like with podcasting you know i feel like i've been doing it for so long i mean i think the first time i started a podcast was in 2009 and so it's like I see these people and they do it for less than a year and they got so many listens or views, sponsors and all this. And it's like, what am I doing wrong? Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't get it. And that's why I felt like the foot thing was going to be a no brainer, especially because from being in wrestling, having so many people ask, can I see your feet? Can I see your soles? Can I buy your socks? And it's like, well, dude, now I'm in the people, like I've mentioned on our show before, thanking me. Oh, when I had Shelly's foot club. Oh, thank you so much. I can't believe someone like you was doing this like publicly or whatever. Mm. So it's just like, but I think what it boils down to as far as the fetish stuff goes, a lot of these content creators that are into fetish, they don't, really expose what it really is like I know some girls personally that are my friends so that's why I know how the details of what they do and it's like yeah that's why I like this one chick on YouTube is probably saying watch me come shave my vag and doing she's talking all crazy now because that's what gets her paid and that's fine if she's if people are comfortable with it I'm not hating on it it's, it's not for me get your money, just make sure you take care of your mental health. But it's like, it trips me out because I'm just like, I don't know. It trips me out and it depresses me. <laughs> that I just can't find what I'm supposed to be doing. The internet's a real, a weird place. I mean, like I said, we talked about it a few weeks ago, I guess it was, you know, even the most successful YouTube people, they can't give you a blueprint to be successful because they have no idea how they got successful and what they did can't be duplicated for somebody else. Somebody else has to take a different path or do different things. And the internet's so big now that there's no rhyme or reason anymore to what becomes popular. Um, like the guy who, uh, the guy who was riding the skateboard drinking the cranberry juice, he uh, became viral on TikTok or whatever for whatever reason pandemic had just started and I still see him, you know, and all kinds of like on Instagram and she's like 500,000 followers and he built that into like, you know, a big social media type thing and he still made just dances, makes dancing videos and enough people like them that, you know, he gets sponsorships and then all kinds of shit. He got married is like, his, he turned his whole life around. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, they're, they're, you know, you can't duplicate that. You can't go get on a skateboard with some cranberry juice and become this guy. And whatever advice he would give you isn't going to do you any good because you're going to be in a different situation. Same thing I've been dealing with for 
however many years I've been doing this bullshit, you never know what's going to make you break through or not break through. And you can't, you can't steer someone else in that direction. You know, we can answer, we can ask these successful people as many questions as we want, but in the end, we're not going to be any closer to whatever it is we need to do. So here we are. And what gets me is, and again, maybe it's just none of my business, but what gets me is like some of these people who have such a following, they make their money supposedly off of YouTube, but like they never post, like they barely post. And it's like, how the hell do you have your lifestyle then? Are you just part of the Illuminati and that's it or what? Like, God, like, what is the deal? Because you, I don't know. And like I said, maybe it's none of my business and maybe all these things don't work out for me because it's just not my path and not what I'm supposed to be mingled into, whatever. But it's just annoying, especially because I put a lot of hard work into everything I do. Like even for our show here, like to set up and I was like checking everything and then the light, making sure it's, you know, um, charged and then getting this microphone system because like my other stuff wasn't working and like making sure everything's right. Like it takes me like on a good day, like 30 minutes to set up just for our show. Like, and then I got to clean it all up. <laughs> you know, I got to clean it all up. And so it's like, I got, I, I dyed my roots today for the show. No one cares, but I care because I want to feel good. You know what I'm saying? I put on my little outfit, like put on my makeup. Like it's a lot. And I just, I, like I've said before, sometimes I just want to like give up, but then it's like, I just can't, I can't give up on what I do every day because I just can't, I can't like, I know it's not the time. Like, like when I retired from wrestling, I knew it was the right time. It's not, I don't feel it in my soul that I, I should just like retire as a content creator and just like, whatever. I don't know. And then there's like the years where I was really like just trying hard and doing the freaking Postmates and Uber Eats. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of work, dude. And the, the stuff I had to go through with that because of the way I look like, Especially with these dudes, because like, first of all, they see your picture on who's bringing you your food. And then like guys offering me money than these rich places of like L.A. to do things or come in, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, oh, my God, just take your pizza. <laughs> like, leave me alone. Like, it's just crazy. Or like the time Jack Black didn't tip me and I drove so far to the set to go give him his food. Wow. So it's like, you know, and then I couldn't help but like have moments and this isn't a dig towards people who do Uber or Postmates, but I would have these moments like, damn dude, like I used to wrestle on TV and like now this is what I'm doing. Like, mm -hmm. 
something's wrong here, you know? <laughs> and like, especially the days where like, you know, at first Postmates in particular, they really took care of their people. And so I was like, ah, it's fine. I'll just do the, like, um, the, when it's the real busy time and it's fine and I can have my morning and then my late afternoon, it's fine. But then they changed everything. And then I was just like, oh my God, like, it's so hard to like make money now. Like you really, and then uh, it was just a lot. And it's crazy to me because I know that there's a lot of people that come from my world that wouldn't have done that. They, especially women, like they wouldn't have done all that, but because I just really meant that I was done with wrestling. So I didn't know what else to do in the meantime, because my content creating wasn't making me enough money yet. That's what I resulted to. And I'm grateful for it because it helped me be paying my bills, but it was like a lot of work. And I'm glad that at least I'm at a point where I'm not exactly where I want to be, but I don't have to do that anymore, which is great because again, the creep value (laughs) that went along with it or the women who would be complete bitches to me, like looking me up and down because I wanted to feel good. So I'd wear a nice dress or a little cute outfit when I would do my deal Mm. and like just the looks I'd get and like, or the prop I can't tell you how many times I got proposition. Hey, do you want to give me a massage? It'll pay you more than what you're doing right now. <laughs> no, dude, I don't want to touch your creepy ass. <laughs> like, or there was times where like I'd have a lot of anxiety. So I would take either Danielle or Metal Jesus with me. When it was Metal Jesus, you would see these dudes come to the car and they would just their smile would drop when they saw a dude was in the car with me. Yeah. But it got to that point to where I felt safer when I had somebody, especially him, because he was a guy with me Mm. because it got pretty gnarly. Like, I don't know. And it's like these people who want to like talk shit about me online or whatever. That's why I just roll my eyes. Cause it's like, dude, you guys don't even know. First of all, you really don't even know me. I'm talking about my peers and old coworkers. You don't even know what kind of what I've been through because I'm not down with all this fake and phony BS that you guys are fake and phony about. Like they don't get it. They just see that I'm posting whatever online and that's my life. They they don't know about all that. And I remember there was um, a shoot interview I watched so many years ago. And it was Brian Kendrick and Paul London. And they were talking about um, WWE. And at the time they weren't with them. And I remember they were like, I'd rather work at Home Depot than never go back there. Now, Paul London never went back, but Brian Kendrick did, which whatever, you don't know people's circumstances. I'm not dogging him. But like when they said that, that's what encouraged me to do the Postmates and Uber Eats. I was like, I'd rather do this than to be in a toxic, but I meant it and I'd stayed away and I ate shit for it and a lot of gas, but to me, it just wasn't worth it. And I think these people that think that I just get online and like, Mike, I said, my peers and coworkers, not talking about the fans. Um, 
I think they just think I just like to run my mouth and I just think I know everything and whatever. And it's like, no, dude, like these are my thoughts and feelings. Like don't watch then don't listen then like who cares? Like get the F out of here. You don't know what I've been through. You know what I'm saying? Ugh. Well, one surefire way to make money, especially in the wrestling industry that you apparently missed out on is having sex with Vince McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> totally, from last reports, he's up now to almost $20 million that he did not report as expenses, which apparently the federal government's not looking into if he did anything illegal, of like $19.6 million he paid for women to sign NDAs. To not talk about whatever, you know, nefarious shit he was getting up to. So if you can, if it's it's good work if you can get it. Here's the thing. I'm curious to who these girls are, not out of gossip, not to be like, oh, ooh, but I have an idea in my head who some candidates can be. And those are girls who've always been really weird to me. And like, now I wonder if they fall in that category. And that's why they ended up being weird to me because that's what they, and that's fine. Like I said, grown adults, if everyone knows the deal, A, you do whatever you feel you need to do to get what you want. I am not knocking it. Like I've said before on our show, I that's why I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, Vince McMahon, da, 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 he's a pig and blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, these people knew when they signed it. And I don't feel sorry for these people that signed it because they knew what they would get in return. It was a transaction. You do this and this and this then you will get this. You'll get that spot. You'll get the career you want. You'll get the money that you want. Like it's a transaction. And maybe the reason why I can look at it that way is because I do come from Southern California and I've been around Hollywood since 17, 18 years old. And that's just how it works. That's how it works. I'm not saying it's wrong or right, but you can't really talk crap about it or judge people when everyone knows the deal. Like if you if you're not taking advantage of somebody, like cornering them and then forcing or raping them and then like giving them some hush money, that's different. From what I understand, what all these NDAs are, they signed an NDA, like they knew the deal. So that's why I'm so curious to know who some of these girls are because it makes sense why. Not necessarily, like, it's not that we didn't get along with these girls that I'm thinking about. Like, it's not that I didn't get along with them. It's just that they always had this, like, weirdness towards me. Like, they always had this, like, it was, like, I try to fit in and I thought I was because we were cool. But I always felt like I was the outsider. And maybe the reason why is because they all knew what they were doing for their spot and whatever and I wasn't a part of that. So it's like I was an outsider. So just for my own closure, I feel like I'm dying to know who they are. Yeah. Not to be not to be too fine a point on this or be too uh, misogynistic or whatever, but uh, $20 million is a lot to pay for some pussy. It's a lot of money. I did the math for those of you at home for your benefit. $20 million. Let's say you get a hooker. A thousand dollar an hour hooker. I would imagine. I don't procure hookers, but I imagine a thousand dollars an hour for a hooker gets you a pretty good hooker. 
mean, she doesn't have, you know, like bullet hole scars or any, any of this. She's not missing any teeth or anything along those lines. Talk top level hooker, $1,000 an hour for $20 million. You can get a $1,000 an hour hooker 24 hours a day for 833 days, which is two point two, over 2.2 years of just nothing but banging a $1,000 an hour hooker. And I mean, I don't know these women. I would be interested to find out who they are, just to find out what kind of what warrants that kind of money. Torvisk Man's like, you know what? A few million, sure. We're gonna do that just because I so I can do this and I won't get caught. I'll give you a few million dollars. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you work with that kind of money, it's like me going to the store and getting like you know a five dollar can of Red Bull or something. But for him, it's just like, you know, of course, now it's biting him on the ass because apparently, like I said, he didn't report it, which uh, pissed off the board of directors, which led to, you know, all the shit that happened. But you definitely you definitely missed out on millions, possibly. <laughs> millions. I guess so. I guess so. But here's the thing. I was never about that life, whether it's in Hollywood or in wrestling, which is why my career in both realms didn't really go anywhere. And I was aware of that. Um, back in the day, before I even got into involved in wrestling, what made me really want to figure out how to become a wrestler, because as I've mentioned before, since I was little, I always knew that was my destiny. But I was definitely doing the whole Hollywood thing years before I even learned that you go to wrestling school and things like that. And what made me so driven to be a wrestler was I thought all the dirtiness in Hollywood that I wasn't cool with didn't exist in wrestling. I thought it's different. It's wrestling because especially back then Wrestling in Hollywood was looked at as a joke. It wasn't something like you're a serious performer or actor or actress. It was like a joke. Oh, a wrestler. Oh, God. And especially if you're a female wrestler, it was either you look like Big Bad Mama or you're just eye candy. Like it's like it was not taken serious like how it is now where these girls are treated like celebrities, which is great but that's why i had this misconception of like it was different and when i realized that it wasn't and it was exactly the same but in my opinion worse and the reason why i say worse is because at least in hollywood there's like so many different opportunities that you can work with whereas when you're in wwe there's literally only so many spots so there's only so many spots that can be filled. And most of them are filled with men, those spots. So when you're a female, it's kind of limited of like whatever. So I feel that's why it was more like cutthroat or worse because it was just such a limited arena where, like I said, in Hollywood, you can be in commercials or you can be in soap operas or you can be in movies or you can be independent films or you can be just a model. Or you can be a lingerie model. You can be a bikini model. Like there's just so many different opportunities and categories, whereas in WWE, 
there's one women's champion. There's like only so many women wrestlers trying to fight for that championship. And then you got the valets or managers, but then there's only so many, not every single wrestler has one. There's only like a handful of wrestlers that have a manager or a valet. So it's just so much more limited. And then when I started the reality sunk in of when girls would confide in me things or I would straight up see things with my own eyes, I was just like, Oh, that's the deal. Got it. And much like the feet modeling, <laughs> like Vince McMahon never propositioned me. He never, whatever. Like he was always really nice to me. He gave me compliments and people told me that like, he's not one to just hand out compliments. So I thought that was meaning I was doing a really good job. In fact, he would tell me that a couple times, you know, you're doing a really good job. And so like, I don't know, maybe that was him testing the waters. And I was just like, thank you. It's <laughs> like, going, Oh, really? Like, you know, maybe that was it. I don't know. But I just really didn't put myself in that kind of position. So and I didn't want to because I knew it was there if I wanted to. I could have went out into Vince's office and been like, oh, hey, Vince, how about we do this, this, and this? Or oh, or flirt with him or whatever. It was just – I just didn't care. I thought as long as I showed up, continued to do a good job, it was all good. But then I messed that up because I was too busy telling people off. <laughs> and – I don't regret it, you know. Um, like I said last week, you know, I think I said it last week when there was a comment on one of my videos when they're like, oh, so you mean Shally's like, oh, you disrespect me. I'm going to go off on you. And it's like, yeah, dude. Yeah, that's what's up. Like, I'm not going to just sit there and let someone disrespect me. So I think that's the misconception people have about me in my wrestling career. They just think that I just failed and I was bitter about it. And, Oh, I'm just trying to start trouble with everyone. And it's like, no, like don't be a dick and I won't stick up for myself. Like, God, it's that simple. So with Vince and his Vince's girls, <laughs> um, I just was never even a candidate for any of that. And I think I made that really clear without even saying anything, just by my actions or whatever. There was one wrestler, I won't say his name, that was a high up person. And he kind of tested the waters like that with me. I'll say that, like cornering me, like, hey, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, no, dude, no. And like, <laughs> I'm sure because at the time he was a pretty big name. If I would have taken the bait, I probably would have had a more successful career, more longevity, probably would have been able to get away with telling these people off. Or, you know, I probably wouldn't have been like a superstar, but I probably at least would have been there for a couple of years until he got tired of banging me or whatever. But I just didn't I wasn't interested in that. I going back to these girls know what they're doing. They know they're going to get something in return. And I've always been, as I said many times before, a stage five clinger. When I sleep with somebody, I want them to be my boyfriend. I can't look at it as a transaction. Like, and there's been times when I've been so down and out. I'm like, God, why can't I just be that way? Why can't I just bang dudes for opportunities? Like, 
I wish I could turn that off. Like, so that's why I'm saying I don't judge these girls. Like I've been times I've been like, I wish I can do that. Like, oh, but I, I catch feelings and then I get weird and psycho. Like, why don't you want to be my boyfriend? And like <laughs> things like that. So it's just not for me. And it's fine because, you know, my life wouldn't be where it is right now if I did do that. So, and that's why I'm curious about these girls because a couple of them that I come to my head, pop up in my head, I saw them do that. Go to top guy to top guy and this and that. And it's like, oh, I, I wonder if they're one of Vince's girls. Well, Vince may not hand out compliments, but does hand out money. Hands out a lot of it. Um, before we wrap up, uh, did you want to follow up on the Jericho story from last week? Yes, um, I kind of have a double story. So remember that signing? <laughs> I had it last week. Yeah. And um, it's crazy because, okay, earlier in the day, I went to this butterfly exhibit here in L.A. at the museum, which was awesome. Because then afterwards, I went into the museum, saw some dinosaurs and things like that. It was really cool. I love that stuff. And so the last thing when I wanted to do was rush home to do this damn signing for this dude who made things weird. Right. And I'm not trying to talk crap. It just is what it is. And, um, I just, and then it was one of these things where it became an issue of trying to get me to like even video in. And I was like, Oh, please God, let him just cancel. Like I was just like all about it, but then it worked out. And I'm glad it did because there was quite a few fans that attended and it's all about the fans. So I'm glad it worked out. But when we're starting everything up, I had to log in through my Facebook. And first of all, I don't really even use Facebook, like whatever, but I do, excuse me, have a private page. And I hate when people try to request me on there. Like mm -hmm. it's annoying. And so I made a comment in the chat room and I was like, oh no, it's not my fan page showing. It's my real page. So I said in the chat, I said, look, do not send me friend requests to my private page. Do not. I will ignore it. Like, please just don't do it. Then later in the conversation, because I was, of course, there's no questions and blah, blah, blah. I was asked about conventions about doing conventions. I said, no, I don't do conventions anymore. I just, you know, sometimes I'll do virtuals. I said, but the only time you might catch me at a convention is my friend, Amanda Rodriguez, ACR shout out. She started a female promotion. She's also somebody that I do my podcast with uh, talking shit. And she started all female promotion. I totally want to support her. She's doing great with like that whole vibe. So so no one can come back and say, I thought you were going to do conventions. I've said on my podcast with her, if she were to be in California to do a show or a convention for her company, that's the only way you would find me at an event because I want to support her. And so when I said that, so I said, don't send me a friend request. And that's the only way you'll see me is if I'm at her table that she booked. Boom. Later that day, the dude who hosts the, the, the signing sent me a friend request and uh -huh. sent me an email saying if I'd be down to do autograph signing with her in California 
in the near future because he wants to bring us together. And I'm like, dude, I just said, like, I just said, like, why? So one of the things that got brought up in the, the thing was um, Jericho. And one of the things I mentioned on there was it's really crazy because I lost a full on friendship because of like last week I talked about how I sent that tweet to him a few years back about um, if he was in an open marriage and it's so crazy because I had this friend that I was friends with for a really long time. Like even before I was in WWE friends with her and I just, I can't get over <laughs> when I sent that tweet to him like a day or so went by and then she goes into my DMS, doesn't even text me. Why are you tweeting Jericho this? And it's like, dude, you know why? Like, did you forget? Did you forget about why we're not, I'm not friends with him anymore? Like my falling out with him. And I was just like, you know what? It's going to blow over. Like no one's going to care about it. So who cares? She goes off on me, like about how it's not on brand to, um, do that. And I'm like, on brand, I use my Twitter to, yeah, promote, but it's my thoughts. I don't think what's good for my brand. How do I word this? Like, no, maybe that's why I fail as a creator. I need to be on brand. I don't know. But the way she talked to me, I remember one of the sentences, she was like, buddy, I think you're lovely, but I don't agree with a lot of the things that you write. And I'm like, okay, buddy. Okay, buddy. <laughs> but, um, it really bothers me to this day, not as much as it used to, but it's so crazy because me tweeting out to Jericho that a question that if I was a fan, no one would blink twice, but because I know the guy, I've worked with the guy, I used to be good friends with the guy, you would think... I have more, I guess, merit to say whatever I want to the guy, but it's like, no, it's the complete opposite. I'm not supposed to say nothing anyway. So it's just so crazy to me to like, it got to the point to where to this day I've blocked that person and muted them on social media because I just don't want to see their name. Cause it just makes me want to like call them and be like, I can't believe because I tweeted Jericho a controversial question, we're no longer friends. Like, that is so strange to me. Like, who cares? Like, years of friendship gone because you're taking Jericho's side. Like, just... If he asks about me or whatever, just don't say, I don't know, that's between you guys or whatever. And then what's even worse is the same girl copies a lot of the things that I do. And then because she's fake and she kisses ass, she gets more traction because she aligns herself with these other fake and phony people. So it's just like, oh my gosh. And when we talked about, I think it was last week when I talked about um, the comments that I've gotten and there was a guy that used to do a podcast with me and Danielle, a fan, he even started doing a podcast with her after our falling out. So it's like all these things that I do and I come up with 
she ends up doing them. And it's just like, it drives me nuts. Cause I'm just like, <sighs> and then at the end of the day, the reason why we're not friends is because I tweeted Jericho and I'm going to be honest. It makes me dislike Jericho more just because of that. <laughs> even though he has nothing to do with her making her mind up to be. However, I hold some resentment. I pray I get over it one day towards him because I'm like, not only are you not my friend, not only do I feel you suck, but you are the start of, and I should be grateful that, uh oh, hold on a second. I should be grateful that it showed me her true colors after being friends with her for so many years, I guess. But I'm just not there yet to look at it. <laughs> I'm just like, F you, Jericho. And then on top of it, now we're not friends anymore because of you. And it's just crazy. And then it's funny because you know how Twitter, it'll like suggest people for you to follow. Yeah. About a few weeks ago, it it suggested I follow Fozzie and then it says that they follow me. So Fozzie, his band's Twitter follows me. It's just weird. This whole Jericho thing is weird. And I just pray to the Lord that one day here in town, I just bump into him. I would love to have a private conversation with him. And one that's not like where he knows I'm going to be somewhere or I know he's going to like, I wanted just to be like, I'm going to the store. He's in town for some reason. And there he is. I would just love that. See, people have too much time on their hands. Like I've said many times on the show <clears throat> to where a tweet, we just set them off. On a tangent, we just actually have to worry about real things in life. And now we're, we're worried about all the circus shit. And that can lead to some weird behavior. You don't have anything else you can do. She's not in the middle of that thinking, oh man, I gotta go do something else. I gotta go, you know, go to work or go cook something or something. No, I just sit here and write this long ass message. And that's what I'm gonna do for the next half hour or whatever. Just too much. It's it's something that stings, like I said, to this day, because it's one thing if you just like kind of know someone just for like a few years and that happens, but yeah. for so long, like so long. And then it kind of scares me to be like, I literally knew this girl for so many years and I thought we were so tight. And now I realize I didn't really know her that well. And then that like starts a whole other thing with like being traumatized by it because it sparks this just because I thought we were tight. It doesn't mean that I knew every aspect of her and it F's with my trust issues and being open to people and it's part of what's hardened me in life. And it bothers me because I miss being like happy and like oh, la -di -da, positive vibes. I miss that Shelly. And I just, I, I don't know if she'll ever come back. And that makes me so sad. And this friend breakup that I had with this girl was a huge turning point for me turning into the 
cold bitch that I am now. <laughs> and I hate it. I hate it. And that's what makes me not want to go do things. It makes me not want to get together with people. It makes me not want to invest my time because I'm just like, why? Like, I'd rather just be by myself and just kick it and do my own thing. I had to put any energy in because when I full heartedly did that, it just kind of blew up in my face over a dude and over a dude that's not even her dude. So it's like, <laughs> I try to know as little people as possible in terms of amount. Not that I only like little people. I'm talking about the amount of people. I try to keep as small as possible. Cause you do, you know, you cut down the drama, but I've always been that way. I was, you know, a loner when I was a teenager and, I mostly just sat in my room and read and watched TV and shit. I wasn't, I wasn't involved with people. I'm like that to this day. You know, I look at my phone, like the number of contacts on my phone, it's like a dozen if it gets to that. And I'm, you know, I'm fine with that. I don't need people. I need their drama because most people dump their shit on you. I don't dump my shit on people. I expect them not to do it to me, but they do anyway. And I got to tell them, look, don't dump your shit on me. I know I don't. I don't fucking call you and start pulling out my problems to you because I know you got problems. So I'm not going to do that. So don't do it to me. Well, see, my mom, as I mentioned before, had me on lockdown when I was younger, and so I was a loner. Not because I wanted to be. It was because I didn't have a choice. Yeah. So even though especially wrestling and i think that's why wrestling hurt me so much and like the disappointment in people because i finally felt like i was having a normal kind of like connections with people friends doing things all the things i always wished i could do i was now doing and it kind of works for me that my mom was crazy growing up and did that to me kept me like Rapunzel and my sister and I always joke about it. I was like Rapunzel, but it kind of worked for me in the long run because that's why now, even though like it sucks, like the reality of it, like these disappointments of these people, but I'm okay with it because I'm okay with not talking to soul for days. Like I'm okay with that. And, you know, even like living with, metal Jesus and Danielle, sometimes I get so in that zone that like, I don't even want to hang out or talk to them. And it's like, and they're my people, but it's because like, I'm so self content. Like I, I just do my own thing, be by myself. So it's fine. But I think that's why these disappointments in people affected me so much because I felt like I was finally having normal interactions and normal lifestyle with people. And at the end of the day, especially because wrestling brought me that I only saw these people at work for the most part. Mm -hmm. So it's easy for me to think that they're just, that's how they are. And I'm kind of like a, what you see is what you get. So I forget that most people aren't that way. Most people only show you what they want to show you, especially if you only see them at a work situation or like you're not around them on the daily. It's like, I don't know. They can all kiss my ass. Bottom line is people suck, but people who don't suck, very small group of people who don't suck in terms of the overall world population are the people 
who subscribe to this show exclusively on channelattitude.com. If you think you suck, think you may be in danger of sucking, or being one of those people, subscribe to this show and we can help you through that because uh, you don't want to be that way. You know, you want to get past that addiction to being a shitty person and redeem yourself. And you can by subscribing to the Smokeout. It's one of the many benefits of subscription. So there you go. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Like when Buddy joined us, he was awesome. I like Buddy. I'd smoke with him in real life. Hell yeah. See? It's all it takes. Less than a dollar a week. Again, I can't think of anything to compare that to. I don't know what else is less than a dollar a week. There's not many things. No. And like no. I said, you're on the path to not being as shitty as you are right now. It's our new motto. Be less shitty with smoke out with Shelly and SJ. That should be a shirt. <laughs> Run that hand bed. See what he thinks of that. New tagline for the show. <laughs> Shelly, thank you for another awesome week of us getting together and helping people be less shitty. It's our new mission in life. And I'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Peace.